Hey everybody, this is Greg, and before we get started with the podcast, I want to give a quick shout out to two of our sponsors. The first is a company that is very close to my heart, Dominar Studios. They're the makers of the Cloud Agent Suite. Their flagship product, Cloud CMA, is used by over 500,000 real estate professionals all across the country, and their customers have published over 15 million Cloud CMA reports. Also check out CloudMLX, their front-end-of-choice solution, which won Inman News' Most Innovative Technology Award and has crossed over 200,000 MLS members under site license. You can find out more at cloudagentsuite.com. Also, I'm excited to announce the Notorious VIP, a premium subscription service from Rob Hahn, also known as the Notorious ROB. Membership gives you subscriber-only content, both written and recorded, that is unavailable anywhere else. The difference between the Notorious ROB blog and the Notorious VIP is that VIP focuses on research and analysis, while the ROB blog focuses on commentary and op-ed. Notorious VIP is for those in organized real estate that want to go a few layers deeper. Please visit Notorious-ROB.com to find out more. I'll put a link to both sponsors in the show notes. Also, if any of our listeners are interested in sponsoring the Industry Relations Podcast, please drop me a line at gregrobertson at gmail.com. Hey, thanks for listening. And now, on with the show. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Industry Relations with Rob and Greg. This is your co-host, the notorious ROB, Rob Hahn. Because we're using Zoom, I can see my co-host, Greg Robertson. How you doing, man? Hola, Rob. <laughs> What's going on with the hair there? Damn, yeah, it's grown out. Bit, it's a little bit COVID-ish, right? But, um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, full head of hair. That's that's supposed to be like that's a real sexy says, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm almost fifty. Look at it. Yeah, yeah. We got it going on, brother. <laughs> so um, we're gonna do something that is quite possibly totally stupid. <laughs> And uh, self-indulgent as well, because honestly, who, who cares what Greg and I think about this? But because we are, what are we, eight days out from the uh, probably the most important election of our time, we thought we would actually talk elections. And our primary goal, I think, is to maybe showcase how, how two friends can actually disagree, because I'm fairly certain that Greg and I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> You know, without it uh, turning into temper tantrums and throwing things and, and so on. And, um, but we're also obviously going to try and, you know, discuss that in the context of the industry, because we are obviously industry relations. And we'll just see how it goes. I mean, we're recording this thinking, this may never see the light of day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. Yeah. So, Mr. Robertson, can I assume you are Team Biden? I'm currently Team Biden, yes. All right. All right. And uh, I, I don't want to say I'm Team Trump because I'm really not. Uh, I really actually hate the motherfucker. And, you know, four years ago, I left the Republican Party when they nominated him. But in this time around, I find that I don't have a choice because so I'm more, I guess I'm really more in the position of anti-Team Biden, if that makes sense. And I think you're kind of in the same boat. You know, isn't that no, the craziest we, we thing? Are, right? I'm more anti-Trump than I am 100% for Biden, too. Right. But yeah. How in the world did we come to this point where we're just, we're not voting for our, our guy, we're voting against the other guy? <laughs> That's you know, it, it, The classic part of that is like, I thought, the people were so chicken shit last time around yeah. because the, the vitriol and, and like the hatred of Hillary was so bad that they were yeah. just going to vote for this other guy because they hated that. Per and I thought that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And here now I find myself, <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I've just basically, I mean, as I've done all my life, it's just flip flop, you know, all the way down the road of like, I'll have one position, but then like, yeah, yeah years later, it's like, I'm doing the same thing. I was, I was, I was, that was really yeah. stupid like four years ago, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess we could start with this. Forget who you want. Who do you think will win? Yeah, gosh. I mean, you know, the electoral college is so, is a thing, right? So there's a lot of scenarios where I think that Trump could pull this off, right? I mean, you know, I think somebody was saying there was like, it came down to five counties, mm -hmm. right? Last election or something, or four. Yeah. So I wouldn't count that out at all. I think... Probably what you, I probably would lean more towards Biden winning because, again, 
Hillary was a flawed candidate last time. I mean, it's just that she had so much baggage against her or perceived baggage, depending on where you want to fall on that line there, that it just caused people to, as I said, just a flawed candidate there. And I think while Biden, you know, is not the most perfect guy, I don't think he garners the amount of hatred that she did for whatever reason. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. So I think that gives a bit more of advantage. And if it was close as five counts last time and she still won the popular vote, I mean, I got to say there's probably an advantage towards, towards Biden. Now, locally, though, I'm in Orange County, California, which is, um, you know, it has gone a little bit blue lately, but mm-hmm. um, I see nothing but Trump stuff everywhere here. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's, uh, you know, famously Huntington Beach was in the news with the non-masking, people just pouring the mask here. So it was like a... Yeah made a national news when these two guys were trying to give away free masks and everyone in Huntington Beach almost beat them up or something. It was, you know, kind of, yeah. kind of embarrassing. So I would say advantage Biden right now, but again, you know, it wouldn't surprise me in the least that he pulled it off. Trump. Yeah, that, that's, that's a, a awesome analysis. But the question was, who do you think is going to win? Make a decision, man. Who's going to win? Yeah. Who's going to win? This I think Biden will win. You think Biden will win? Okay. All right. I think Trump wins in a landslide. I think the sense is it won't be close. At least I'm hoping. On the flip side, if Biden wins, I hope Biden wins in a landslide. Like, I don't want a close one. Because <laughs> the amount of division we have, like, we can't handle a close election. You know what I mean? Well, we can't can, handle can we though? I mean, can you have a real landslide anymore? The way, I mean, again, Hillary won the popular but lost the electoral college. So, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's what, what is can. a landslide? I mean, well, here's the thing. College, I guess. Here's the thing: where Hillary won the popular only because of California, like her margin of popular victory is all entirely from the state of California. So a real landslide to me would be where he wins, you know, where like Biden or Trump just wins. I don't know, you know, fifty-five percent, right, of like the popular vote in every state. Right. So but, in your definition of landslide, does that mean Trump this time takes a popular vote? I think it means that Trump takes the popular vote. If now, here's the thing: if you take out California and New York, right, and to balance it out on the other end, maybe you take out Texas and Florida. But I mean, when you say California, New York, what you can say that as a state, but what you're really talking about is a population, a number of people. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're right. So you just take out the population of New York, California, Texas, and say Florida. Actually, Florida is too much of a battleground state. So I don't think you can do that. So maybe you take out Texas and uh, so, so you so I'm I'm, yeah. I'm getting confused here. So your your definition of landslide would be taking out, but a landslide with the caveats of taking out a few states. My point is, if you only look at it in terms of popular vote, because you hate the electoral college or whatever, the problem is that the popular vote for Hillary was almost entirely because of California, and to some extent New York. You know what I'm saying? So that to me is not a good bellwether of like how big and the I'm in California is. right now and all I see is Trump signs, right? Yeah, I mean, well, to your point, you're in Orange County. But know? that's a, I mean, I think somewhere I read like the population of Orange County is like the size of it, it's, it's uh, as big as flyover states. Is sure. Big. Let me put it differently. If Biden doesn't dominate California, he has no chance. Well, he doesn't need to dominate. He just needs to win one more. No, 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 no. what I mean by that over. is no, no. What I mean by that, Greg, is if he doesn't dominate California this time around, there's no way he's going to win popular votes in battleground states like Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like Democrats, you know, uh, liberals, like the whole pro-Biden camp is so concentrated in California, Oregon, Washington, right? So if he doesn't have like two to one popular vote victory in those states, he has no chance in the states where it's much more evenly matched. It's all I'm pointing out. Like, to me, that's just electoral math, right? Okay, yeah. So, so just lands not- like me would okay. be, I don't know. Like, remember the Reagan-Mondale map? I mean, I, we're, we're both older, so we, we kind of remember that map. I, I want to see something like that. Well, that's, I mean, that's a traditional view of a, of a landslide in the traditional sense, right? They didn't have any of your caveats, right? So Yeah. So it's an electoral yeah. college kind of landslide is what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah, yeah. So I would love to see just a total landslide one way or the other, but I think it's going to be Trump. And it's because we're in this really bizarre, weird place. 
And there is actually kind of a real set angle to this. So we might as well get into it. Speaking from the industry standpoint, right? So I guess the que- I would phrase this question this way, Greg. Are you anti-Trump because, you know, the typical one is he's such a bad guy. You know, I mean, he's this, you know, fabulous, whatever, embarrassing person. Despite the fact that we have had a pretty amazing economy and a pretty amazing real estate market really for the last four years? Or do you think that Biden will actually be better for the economy and the real estate market and the industry? It's kind of a what's the matter with Kansas question, right? So if you remember that book was written, I can't remember, like around the Clinton times, you know, asking why people in Kansas were voting against their economic self-interest, right? In this case, especially for real estate, I mean, fact is the Trump years have been some of the greatest market run on. We've seen some of the most amazing things. But, you know, whenever I talk to my friends in the real estate industry, they can't wait you know, to get rid of Trump. So it's kind of like, is this a case of voting against your self-interest right, because of moral reasons or whatever other thing? Or is this sort of, no, this is going to be better for us, you know, uh, economically as an industry, so on and so forth? Yeah, that's that's a great question. So I think traditionally I voted Republican for a lot of years because I, I think like a lot of my friends and maybe even you, I would say that I would, you know, and you hear this cliche all the time. I'm yeah. physically conservative, but socially yes. liberal, right? I yes. mean, that's whatever. That's like everybody I know. <laughs> yeah, right. We always like to say that, right? Um, yeah. To me, as I get older and you see what's going on, both of these parties, as far as on the fiscally conservative part, they blew that up. I mean, there's more sure. debt now under Republicans and everything else. Sure. In a Republican administration, that's when we had the housing crisis, right? So, I mean, that whole like physically conservative, I mean, both sides of those things, I just, the, the line is so blurred or just blown up that it's hard to kind of do that, right? So now people would argue that the run-up that Trump has had, a lot of them will say was because of the, the Obama years. Sure, right? sure. And, and a lot of it, you know, will say that the run-up of the uh, stock market is, that affects some people, but not everybody, you know, sure people Mm -hmm. have 401ks, but there's a very small portion of the population that actually invest in the stock market. So they don't, they they haven't had that. So I have been the benefit of some of these tax cuts that they talk about for sure. Mm -hmm. But again, I could make an argument right now. I'm sitting in my office right now. It's about, I don't just want to say like 3000 square foot and I'm paying about $6,000 a month here. And I'm the only one in here. Right. Right. And that hurts. Right. And I think that at the end of the day, a leader has to say the buck stops here. Right. And it's their obligation to handle, you know, any good times or bad times. So I can make an argument. Yeah. I'd rather have somebody with some sort of uh, way of, of uniting the country and not being such a morally ambiguous kind of person like an advisor like Trump is, I do lean towards that maybe that would hurt my own best interest financially to have that. But at the same time, I could make an argument that, you know, while we had a run up in the economy, as you say, and those things, that by the same token, he's kind of crashed that into the ground and really sent us back because of his handling of the the pandemic, right? So I I can make a an argument on both sides that I'm, I'm mm-hmm. actually going towards my financial interest going forward and the fact that I just don't like how he lies and, and you know, his overall way of, of talking and, and communicating and just, ugh, you know. So this is so interesting to me because I've heard that from most of my pro-Biden or anti-Trump friends, right, that he really mishandled the, the bug, right? And most of them are in like California. And New York in some cases. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, dude, you're in Governor Newsom's domain. Like, how is Trump more responsible than your boy Gavin? Right? Because a shutdown is not Trump. That's Gavin. Right? Well, I'd be more on the fence of, or the side of the fence of like, I would rather Newsom or anybody would say, everybody stay the fuck home for three months and let's bear down here. Mm-hmm. Like provide some federal monies to kind of handle that situation and be, right. I mean, almost like, I don't want to say military law, but I mean, really, really, really go after it instead of this. Uh, the, Didn't Gavin do that? Didn't no. y'all lock down for like three no, months? He, he tra- I think he tried, but everybody wants to be free. This is a, a freedom uh, thing. Right. 
You know, they're by putting on a mask, they're they're inhaling their own, you know, whatever. Yeah. And and really, the president hasn't done a good job of communicating that masks are effective. He, in fact, he flaunts that they're not. So when you don't have that kind of here's top, Greg, Greg, time out, time out. It really does, I think, affect things down down. Greg, forget the fact that there's very little scientific evidence that masks are in fact effective because there's a bunch of scientists who disagree. I'm just saying you and I are lay people. So I'll just assume that masks are effective, right? Okay. Why is that his job? Isn't that Newsom's job? Like, doesn't Newsom's policy affect you, right, and the lockdown more than whatever Trump can or should do? There's a follow-on to this, right? So yeah, yeah. This- I mean, I think, you know, obviously states have a role and they are the most, you know, they're, they're the closest to the constituents of, the, of California. But at the same yeah. time, if you have the president of the United States who is openly not with the program of what, you know, his own team is saying about masks. And again, if yeah. those are effective, yeah. that doesn't help things, man. What you're saying is that Newsom didn't lock down as hard as he should have because Trump, who is on the other party, right, <laughs> who Newsom dislikes, is uh, making light of the situation. Is that the understanding? I think, I think people may have not have taken it as seriously as it should have been taken because of what Trump's in action, action, or what do you want to talk about? I see. So when you say people, you mean the people of California? Well, yeah, as I said, I'm in Orange County. So there's a lot of, uh, a lot of Trump signs out here. Right. Sure. So when, when you go out to the beach and you see all these people, no mask on and whatever, they're, they're all Republicans. No, uh, I don't ask. <laughs> yeah, like this is one of the puzzling things to me, right? It's like, okay, look, I get it. If the, no, I don't agree, but I would understand the argument if the issue was, you know, there are all these Republicans who are not wearing masks and who aren't obeying the lockdown order. So therefore the bug hasn't gone away. Right. But when all these people are talking about that, they're like, dude, you're in Baltimore, <laughs> you're in New York, you're in California, which is like, you can't get more Democrat. You know, it's, it's actually not possible you know, to be more Democrat, to be more anti-Trump yeah, but, than but yours. Isn't, isn't that the problem at a base level is that, and he does this, it's like, well, these states that are run by Democrats, these right. other states are run by this. Isn't the president supposed to rise above that? Isn't the president supposed to unite us all and like talk about everybody instead of just, instead of again, dividing, 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 right? I, I don't know. Yeah, it, it, I yeah, guess. I think so. But, you know, yeah, yeah, but it's not like, dude, it's not like your guy is, is free from that. You know, the last debate. But he's not the president about, of the United States. But it's still, he wants to be president. He wants to unite people. You can't talk about yeah, all, the, the all the coup like, is coming like, from red states. Like I mean, has, though, so right? I, I just don't think that that's a real fair criticism, if you will. Right. Like you can make it. It's cool. Right. I mean, you could demand and expect a bunch of stuff from no, I, know, I'm the president. No, I'm pulling people like, are you are you a Democrat or Republican about wearing a mask? Right. I don't, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, my point is if this mask, the, your point seems to be Trump mishandled it because, you know, he didn't, uh, he didn't enforce the mask thing. Right. So this follow on thing is this, and this is a part that I find puzzling. Like the president can't actually do anything more. Right. Because we have a federal system. Right. You know, when it comes to health and, you know, uh, these types of things, it is the governor. I mean, I'm in Nevada. Right. I don't agree with what Sisolak did. You know, he's put us in lockdown and all this stuff. He's probably killed the strip. He's probably killed Las Vegas. That's honestly, I believe that. But he the strip. He has but personally. I think so because he locked down the strip. Right. And For this no is reason. when the mayor of hold on, this is in the case of where the mayor of Las Vegas, who is a Democrat said, please don't do this, right? Please let us, you know, in other words, the, what she was saying, again, Democrat was saying, why don't we protect the vulnerable, the elderly, people who have conditions? Why don't we allow people who don't feel comfortable, right, to say, you know, I'm not coming into work. And then, you know, we could pass rules and that says, you as a company are not allowed to punish that employee. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. Why don't we do that? But let the companies, let the casinos decide what procedures they want to follow, blah, blah, blah. And Sisolak said, no, I'm not doing that. Lockdown, bars, casinos, closed, shut. I don't agree with that, but so you, my you point can't is- You can't go into a casino now in Vegas? You can. No, I'm saying this was back in April, May, June. Oh, you okay. know, the, um, And he kept it going for a really long time, right? 
all I'm saying is that I have, I don't agree with what he did, but I I know that he has the power to do that. I think he is the right person to do that because he's the governor. Do you know what I mean? The people in Nevada voted for the man. He's the governor. He's the leader. He's the one who has to make those calls. What I don't find acceptable is when he then says, well, it's not my fault. It's Trump, right? The president should have done more. I'm like, the president's the federal government. That's your government. <laughs> like, you do your job. And so that's the part I find a little odd. If Biden did win, because right, this is the part that I find really shocking, I guess, is if Biden did win, are we wanting him to essentially overrule state governors? Are we essentially wanting him to just say, you know what? I don't really give a crap what the people of your state, when they voted for you, want. I'm going to come in and tell you what to do. Because that's not constitutional. That's not our system. But if that is what people want, vote accordingly, I guess. Because one of the reasons why I'm so, like, despite not particularly caring for the man, right, I feel like you kind of have to be Team Trump this time around is because of that, right? We either have a federal system or we don't. We either have a federal, you know, one single unit entity and Washington, D.C. and the president's going to tell everybody what to do, or we have a federal system where the governors and the local states can decide how they want to do things, right? So I don't know, like, can I convince you to come over more to my side you know, on that basis? Like, can we save the states? Like, can we let California be California and let Texas be Texas and, you know, let Wyoming be Wyoming, right? As long as we're not doing, obviously we have the, you know, there are certain things of national interest and that's what the constitution is for. But that's the part I find so bizarre, you know, yeah. with all of this. No, you know, I, like, I, get, I get that for sure. Maybe this time is over. Maybe we'll never able to be able to get here. But I just think back of prior crises in this country and how presidential leadership has helped us. Maybe not like, and it's not like a law, it's not anything else, it's, but it's just uniting us. I think about, you know, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Sure, yeah. Uh, ask not what you can, your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Maybe, yeah. I don't know if Biden's this guy. I don't know if anybody could ever be that kind of guy ever again. As, as I don't know as, that it can. As cynical yeah. as this country is. Yeah. But I would just like to say, hey, we got some problems here. We're only going to get through this together, right? And here are lists of things that I think would, would work and try to bring everybody together to get around that. Not signing ridiculous executive orders and sewing your signature about, you know, all the, but something like, and not like lay blame, not, not point fingers, but some leadership from the top to give some sort of damn inspiration to all of us, right? Because I'm not inspired. And I think there's a lot of people that want to be. I don't know if he could ever, and again, I don't know if it's a Trump thing or if it's just we're so cynical of a society that we'll ever kind of follow that type of, um, or find that kind of leadership ever again. Mm -hmm. But no, it, no, I don't think it has to be martial law. But for crying out loud, I think there could be some leadership here and try to find everybody's better, better angels here on everything, not be so damn... And divisive, and, and it's you know Pelosi divisive, Trump's divisive. There, there's there there are all those kind of things right now, but can we you know at some point just press the reset button here and say listen, people are dying right now. Yeah. You know, but they also can die. I believe I I I believe it when a lot of people say they're dying of suicide. They're they're dying of you know of starving, yeah. starving. But I mean of other things also during this thing. But alcoholism, drug abuse, I mean child abuse, everything, so all the bad let's things all are come up. together and and find some way instead of saying, well, if this was a, you know a a red run state or a red run city, then it would be better. I mean that's and then stoking those fires, stoking that up. I don't think it's helping anybody. Somebody. Somehow, I think the bully pulpit of the presidency is powerful, and it doesn't have to be about casting martial law. It can be about leadership. It can be about inspiration. I think, and that's kind of, I guess, what I'm hoping for. Although, pragmatically, I just don't know if we'll ever see a leader like that ever, ever. I think that's just the wrong thing to even think about and expect from a leader, as you say, because you know what you just said was interesting. Is I want to be inspired. And I guess I kind of feel like if we're looking to our president to be inspired, we've got some issues. We have some more fundamental issues, right? Because I'm kind of like who, like, who was the last inspirational, last leader who inspired you? 
I think people would argue it's Obama. I think. Sure. Here's the thing. Obama didn't inspire half the country. Sure. I mean, he's a, he's a wonderful speaker and that, you know, ringing, don't let them take your democracy. Like, okay, you're a great orator, but that inspiration, like, you know, half the country is like Obamacare was a disaster. Right. And then you look at the actual things that he did, like the Libyan situation and the fact that he, uh, I think he had more drone strikes than any president before him. Like that's not inspiring. So it's like, Words versus actions. There's that problem. Okay, but that's a Democrat. Okay, before him was George W. Bush inspirational? You know, did he inspire anybody? Except maybe that one instance at 9-11, you know. I'm openly openly saying, I mean, I don't know if we're ever going to have a time where we're going to get that. But but if you're trying to tell me that that a leader shouldn't be inspiring, well, gosh, I mean, I think about all the times in my life that I've been inspired by people to do better. I mean, so... I don't know what I, I mean. I, I guess what I mean by that is I think there's leadership that's rhetorical. In other words, you know, those great speakers, the great orators, right? And then there's leadership where it's a little quieter, maybe, or, or sure. quite frankly, a little like they're a terrible communicator, but they get shit done. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's just, even in real estate, we know there are, you know, MLS executives who are wonderful speakers, you know, and they, they can go and convince people, right? And then we know there are other executives who aren't. They're not necessarily like these great, you know, Martin Luther King style folks, but behind the scenes, they're super effective at getting shit done. Yeah, I think right. anything at this point. So <laughs> Shut up here's and the thing. things. I'm cool with that too. That, that'll be inspiring to me also. But well, here's the thing. So what's f- fascinating to me is when I ask, you know, friends of mine, and I'm including you now in this, like what exactly from an action standpoint that you can't stand about Trump? In other words, like he as a man is a horrible human being. Fine, let's just agree he's a horrible, terrible human being, right? What are the actions that really, like, oh no, we got to get rid of this guy. What shocked the hell out of me was when he went to North Korea. Right. And he's the first president, I don't know, ever to have done that. And he's the first president to actually have engaged and made some progress. I was like, dude, I... Like people that I actually genuinely liked, because I don't like the guy, right? That I genuinely liked couldn't get that done, and he did. And I got it. That was a moment I said, "Okay, Are we better you know with what? those guys now." Have we had a war? We didn't have a war the past. We haven't had <laughs> four a war years. Yeah. years so. <laughs> He's the only president to not get us into a war. He's, well, not, and so that's what I'm saying. You look at that's with the North crazy Korea thing, right? with North what? Korea. Yeah, we haven't been in a war with North Korea. No, we've had, we've had some real incidents and things are really hot, man. I mean, right at the end of the Obama He still got missiles, right? Okay. He had we have nuclear missiles, missiles all around the world. When Obama was around and when, when Bush was around. Right. And he, neither of those he, guys... He love letters with that guy and like it's but all good. Dude, enough. my point is simply neither of those guys made any progress there either. Right? Well, what, I'm sorry. What, I, I still, I don't know. So he's met with him and that's the progress. That's what you're saying. Dude, I'm just saying you, a huge amount of the credit goes to the South Korean government. Right? I mean, there's no doubt about it. All I'm saying is that he actually got something done. What did he, I, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm missing. He met with him. He's exchanged love letters with him. What has he you know, got done? Let's just put it, unless we want to get into the whole, you know, analysis of the diplomacy of the Korean Peninsula, which I think is beyond the scope of this. All I'm saying is that he has improved that relationship between South and North Korea. There's just no doubt about it. We can move on to the fact that we now have four separate Arab countries talking about normalizing relations with Israel. And that's just on foreign policy front. Like, how do you, like, you can't take that away. And the economy, we've talked about it. Like, so the issue is, okay, let's just agree he's a horrible human being. He's not somebody you want to hang out with or, you know, invite to dinner. What do you object to that he's done? Let's see. What is the most recent thing I can think of? <laughs> this kind of spreading of this lie about uh, that Obama didn't kill Osama bin Laden. There was a body double that he'd been talking about at his rallies. What? And, uh, yeah. No, okay. absolutely. That's crazy. But that's, again, talk. Okay. I, I'm asking, what has he done? Hold on. Wait, okay. But, so he like, yeah, yeah. So not that one. Give me another one. I no, mean, no, I'm talking about actual like policy. I'm talking about actual as a, as a president, right? Right. I, like, I, for I, example, I'll give you one, right, okay. that I've heard from friends. They didn't like that 
the DOJ, the I mean, not DOJ, HUD, right? Eliminated the uh, affirmative furthering fair housing, AFFH, right, rule. That they're like, no, this is racist. So that's an action. That is a government action. That's not a stump speech. That's not his personal whatever. That is a government action and we cannot get behind that, right? So for example, they'll say things like that or they'll say, and that's a real estate related one, so we could totally address that. Or they'll say um, the fact that he got rid of the Obamacare individual mandate, right? They don't like that. I don't know. You know, uh, there are other like actual government policy, right? I guess there was, I mean, the Muslim ban that I think he started out with, right, was Mm -hmm. uh, to me was a little bit extreme there. But, you know, again, like I said, I mean, a lot of times some of these policies would benefit me but I look at the, at the character of that of right. the person and that is, I think I'm more leaning towards than, than some of these policies for sure. Right. So wait, no, I don't, so you're saying you would, you would rather have things be worse for you personally, economically, financially, but have a more, I don't know how to put this moral symbol at the top of our country. I mean, that's, that's always tough to kind of, walk the line in there, but I think there's, I'd like that there would be more of a balance for sure. Okay. So. And that's hard to call. That's hard to call. And that's (laughs) for everybody. That's hard to call and what the, what their balance is. My balance is different from yours. Of course. Yeah. 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 Everybody else's and on that for sure. See like, and this is why I think we're going to have a Trump victory and it'll be a landslide. And here's why. And it's because of Californians. (laughs) <laughs> all, the, all, all the Trump flags I see out my window now because of them. <laughs> Let me explain what I mean by that, right? Like, can we agree that California is probably the most liberal state in the, in the nation? More liberal than New York. There's no doubt about that, right? I don't know. And the reason- if you, if, you know, I've always had people talk to me like, if you take like the Central Valley, California, I mean, you take places like Orange County and some others, it's almost like you have to like the break the, the state in threes or twos at least, right? Sure. I mean, yeah. And if you look, if you go to Washington and you take out the, you know, the whole, um, the Puget Bay, you know, yeah. the Seattle area, then obviously it's a red state. You know, there's, there's that. But I'm saying it's a big state. I think California is pretty much the most liberal in the country because you look at the policies, right? Sure. Like, you know, uh, these the guys are trying to ban gasoline powered cars. <laughs> and the thing about that is, despite that, so despite getting the type of moral leadership, right? Because I think that's the only way to describe it, like the environmental concerns, global warming concerns, racial concerns, like all of the things that liberals and Democrats say they'd want, right? We want this type of moral leadership. You have that in California. And then they all leave and go to Texas. I'm not leaving. You're not. But, I mean, can we admit a whole bunch of Californians have left? Absolutely. And they moved to other states like Colorado, <laughs> like Texas, I, and Colorado specifically. I encourage them to leave. Absolutely. Get, get that. No, no, here's the thing. You're saying that because you assume they're conservatives. No, you I assume don't. they're liberal. No, the no. Republican. There's a lot My of point is they leave. It's, it's a financial decision. It's expensive. Exactly. It's a financial. Yeah. So they leave, and then Colorado is not blue. Austin is about as blue as you can get. And Texas, because of California, Arizona, right? Arizona's like in play. Arizona, Texas, another example. Right? Yeah. Right. And what I'm saying is, so these are people who want the moral thing that you talked about, but when it impacts their own pocketbook, they go elsewhere. Well, uh, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe all these Californians leaving will then shift the electoral college. I think people have been talking about that. So too. Yeah, people oh, have talked about that. Yeah. That might happen. But yeah. my point is, that's really guys, smart of you. These these Californians are really smart. They're, they're yeah, coming away. it's on purpose. <laughs> uh, it has nothing to do with the fact that they don't want to pay sixty two percent taxes in California. I, so that's what I'm getting at. So I think this time around, if it comes down to moral, you know, aesthetic leadership versus what's going to impact me, I have a feeling a lot of those people are going. You know what? I don't want to move again. I don't want to flee again. This at the national level, I'm going to vote my pocketbook. I think that's going to happen. So relating this back to the real estate angle, I think most people are in real estate kind of, unless they're now 100% committed, right? Unless they're just, you know, never Trump, no matter what, right? Kind of deal. I think a lot of them are realizing past four years are really good and they're not for a, if a uh, the Obama era 
fair housing, affirmative furthering fair housing thing. And that became a real issue of this election because you remember when he said, these uh, suburban housewives are going to vote for me, right? Because I'm not going to let your suburbs be destroyed. Yeah. I mean, how did you, how else would you interpret that then basically going back to the way things were, or I guess the way things are now, right? Well, here's the thing, like, so I, you know, I remember you and I kind of talked about this, I think at one point, my question was, okay, let's say it's morally objectionable. Let's say it's all whatever, right? Is he wrong? Like factually wrong. And I think the answer is no. I think a lot of the suburban housewives are in fact going to vote for him, right? Because they might say on social media, no, this is racist and blah, blah, blah. But they don't really want Section 8 housing in their neighborhood. They don't, you know what I mean? Like they, they and their family spent a shit ton of money and paid $800,000 for this beautiful you know, house in tree-lined suburbs with half-acre lots. They don't want that changed. And I think that's, what the, that's how people want to vote. So we'll see, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've actually heard this kind of theory that, you know, that obviously the polls are, are showing Biden ahead by eight or seven, eight or yeah. whatever. Yeah. But the, the theory is a lot of the Trumpers are lying to the pollsters. Yeah. Just to fuck with them, right? Or I mean, they just don't talk about it. Well, I mean, if you're, if, you know, by nature of a poll, you've given an opinion, right? So they're... If it's like, hi, you know, whatever, right? Hey, this is so-and-so calling from this polling organization. I'd like to ask you about the presidential race. Hang up. Well, no, but that's not, but, but in a poll, you're counting who said this or who said that, right? So they have to- only, Yeah, but it. you can only count people respond. If right, people no, but just I'm saying, what they're saying is that people that Trumpers are responding right. by saying they're voting for Biden just to fuck with them. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, that's possible. That's, that's the who theory, knows? right? Because that's, that's what people saying that Biden's ahead- yeah. It's almost, it's similar to what you're saying about the housewives where they're saying publicly, I don't like this. Right, guy, right. But maybe right, internally right. They, when they get there, they're going to say, well, you know, right. for, for this reason or that reason, I'm going to vote for the guy. Right. You know, I was kind of like, I, I enjoyed The Apprentice. I thought it was like a crazy dude. I thought it was fun, entertaining. Yeah. Um, I was enamored with the fact of uh, a business person, even though as more and more they uncovered, the guy was a pretty shitty a pretty shitty business person, right? Mm-hmm. You know, but somebody like that, not a non-politician, you know, to run the country would be a, okay, this, maybe I, maybe I could get there, right? But, you know, when he came down that escalator and stop, started talking about Mexican rapists the very first day, and then it just kept, you know, going on, like, one after another. It was just like, uh, regardless of the policies and everything else, it just became over and over and over again. It was harder and harder to kind of, well, mm-hmm. first of all, take him seriously, because a lot of times, I don't know if he's just talking to hear himself talk, but um, a lot I was of hammered at first, but I'm telling you, man, I mean, <laughs> oh, God. I mean, if he would shut up, maybe, right? <laughs> I don't think that's in his DNA, right? I mean. Uh, so given all that, let's try and turn it in with this, right? You talked about bringing the country together, unifying, et cetera, right? Okay. You and I both know since 2016, the Democrats have never accepted Trump as president. I think that's just the truth, right? Because then Russiagate, the impeachment, like they never accepted Trump as the legitimate president. So the question no, is this. And, and there was, you know, a lot of people on the other side that never accepted Obama as president. I mean, in fact, I, I, just, don't, th- I just don't agree with like that. A, a birth, you know, that he was not even born no, here, right? No, because yeah. those are like, we're talking, like when people point to that, we're talking about real fringe lunatics. Real fringe lunatics. The, the Republican said that he wasn't born in fucking United States. Dude, what are you talking about? As a real, real simply, the Republican House never brought articles of impeachment against Obama. What did, the, they, the, what did they have? The, hold on. And, and, the, and the no media, Republican came news. After Obama, and no, you know, of course, because when you that's don't do really, anything like that, it doesn't happen. I can't believe you're even doing this. There was never any sort of like Russia Gate, you know, bullshit that was brought up, right? And again, not by fringe like lunatics, we're talking about like mainstream news organizations, right? And right. actual that's what, that's, when ha- that's what happens when you don't do those activities is they don't bring them up. What? Russiagate was a total, you know, it's been proven to be oh, ridiculous. Rob, Rob, right? Rob, Rob. So all I'm saying is this, it's pretty clear to me that in 2016, Democrats have never accepted Trump as a legitimate president. The question is, let's say he wins again this time. Will you, will your people accept? So you know what? We lost this one. 
the guy's a cretin, he's a moron, he's a liar, he's all those things that you said. But for the sake of going forward, we have to accept that he's the president and try and deal with things on a normal political level. You know, there's like, let's get back to normal politics, right? <laughs> like, and I keep talking about like the Clinton years or the George W. Bush years, yeah. right? You know, where it's like, we hate what he's doing, right? He's a moron. Like, remember how often people said George W. was just an idiot and a monkey and a moron? I was like, but they never said he's not the president. Oh, so there was, was a, a lot of, a lot of people against Bush. What are you talking about? No, they, they were against him, but we expect that. We expect people to be against, you know, presidents, congressmen, senators. What we, what we don't expect is he's not legitimate. He's a pawn of the Russians. He's, do you know what I mean? Like, we don't expect that. Right? We expect like, okay. And it's kind of, um, I can't remember who said it or where, you know, it might've been, uh, it might have been Matthew McConaughey, actually, of all people. I saw this uh, interview of him, right? Where he talked about, because he kind of got in a little bit of trouble in 16. It's like, look, you campaign against the guy, whatever. When the election is done, you have to accept reality. And say, okay, we lost, but he's the president, right? And that will go for, you know, my side or your side. If Biden wins, we fought against it. He's the president. It is what it is, right? And now we have to try and get behind that. Do you think that will happen? from your side right so um, number one as you've mentioned before there's checks and balances right that's how this the country was designed there's two sure. branches of government there's executive legislative and, and judicial right along with yeah. that this is the united states of america states yeah. independent states right so you know i think those checks and balances as as the name suggests the phrase successor there for a reason Right. So, yes, we have to accept him as the president of the United States, but there, that doesn't mean there's going to be, as he would, I think, would love, as any president would love, which is like whatever I say goes. Right. So, sure, of course, the level of that discourse, the level of, of how much that happens, it's going to be tested for sure. And I think both sides have some responsibility there. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to say and I and we need to say, you know, whatever it is, he's my president. I really want right. to believe that. But the bombastic statements that he makes in the, you know, the way he divides, it's just, it's so hard to like, just when they think maybe he's going to cool down, it's just some other bombastic thing that happens. It's very difficult. So I think there's blame on both sides, right? So um, I want them to, but at the same time, it's, it has to come from both sides. It has to come from all the branches of government or, you know, the other branches of government it also has to come from him as well, right? It's not a one-way street, right? So I, I mean, I think it's fair. I mean, that's, that's, to me, normal politics, right? What's I wish we had politics. normal politics. We haven't had normal politics. That's exactly what I'm getting at, right? Like, I, I wish we could get back to just normal political fighting because I mean, what's I just, not normal. One of the things I say, a friend of mine is like, I have a, a, an app that, from the New York Times that gives me a, an alert or CNN, right, on my phone. Yeah. I swear to God, in the past four years, that thing has been lighting up every other day. When Before, yeah. it would be just like silent. Can we get yeah. just a little bit of fucking silence for a while? Yeah. Right. Put your head down, go to work. Yeah. Um, That would be one. And then the other thing really is like, we have to get back to a place where politics is not rioting and looting and burning shit on the street. We have to get back to that, you know, somehow. So in a real way, I think, you know, when I said this election is most important of our time, blah, blah, blah. I think a big part of it is most of us are not cool with the rioting and looting and the, we're just not that's just not acceptable. You want to have uh, whatever speeches like power to you, right? You want to march and, you know, hold flags power to you. The minute the rioting and the looting start, that's it. I'm I'm done. I don't care which side it is, right? I don't care if there's like a big Trump rally. The minute you start rioting and looting, you've lost me. You know, I'm gone, right? And I think that's what we need to sort of really, in a real way, it's not even about Biden and Trump. You know what I mean? It's really about, are we going to have normal political discourse? Are we going to get into this shit? Right. I think that's what it's about. Right. So I, which is I'm why not, I I'm not, I, I can't be as bold as like telling, you know, a certain group of how they should protest. I mean, I would want them to do peacefully. You know, everybody fucked when, when people just kneeled, people lost their shit. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, the president came down and said, you know, never watch NFL again. So I'm not going to, I mean, I, I think it's, it's wrong. That's normal politics. I'm not uh, in favor of, of rioting or, you know, in that kind of way of hurting other people or hurting their, their livelihood yeah. or, or places of business. 
but you know there is a disparity in this country right and it just keeps growing and growing and that that somehow we've got to kind of uh, sure we do have to come we do have to do that but that's my point like we can't even talk about the disparity and the growing problems and the things that we could be doing like because people are fucking rioting and looting and burning shit so the, at a minimum we need to back away get rid of that so we can get back to talking about actual things. But, but you know, not not again condoning that, but I mean, nothing's changed, right? And I think people get frustrated that that's what happens. If all this stuff is keep happening, nobody wants it to go back to whatever, because at that point, the only reason that maybe they can get back to that is because they were there were riots and there's protests and things like that. I mean, I mean you yeah. can make an, an argument on, on either side. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of rioting and, and protesting for in the 60s for... Uh, you know, a lot of people would argue, you know, got us out of Vietnam, right? So I don't, I don't condone it at all, but I mean, there's a lot of people out there that uh, have been underrepresented, you know? And, and that's why I think this election is so important because the fact that you can even say that, it's like, you know what, then people on this side is going to learn that lesson too, right? And you, you, you don't want to see the political right start getting violent. You just don't. No, they're better armed for sure. <laughs> so my thing is we just need to reject violence, like period, end of story. Because that's, you know, it's like, well, they're so frustrated. Man, there are a lot of real frustrated Appalachian white folks, you know, who oh, yeah, we, don't, know. we don't want to see them, you know, getting violent. Let's, yeah, I know. Let's uh, make sure so, the white folks are all. Yeah, like, like that's, that's the last thing we need. We need to get back to a normal level is my look at it. So with that said, I believe this will be a Trump landslide because I think the vast majority of Americans are sick and tired of the bullshit really of the last couple of years and really over this year. And I think they're realizing this is sort of the lockdown versus no lockdown. You know, I actually think that's what it comes down to. All right. And what I'm hoping is that the Democrats kind of go back to, you know, their roots. There was a time when like the Bill Clinton Democrats would never have agreed to a lockdown. Never. They would have said, we're going to protect the, the vulnerable. We're going to protect the elderly but get back to work, right? I think that's fundamentally what we are as a country. And I think we get back to that. I could be wrong. We'll see. You know? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think Biden wins. I think it's close. Everything you see out there is just, we're really just 50-50 on everything. If it took just only four or five counties last time, I think it's more swinging towards, you know, more Biden because of him being a candidate versus Hillary. So I think it's, I don't think we're going to get a, a very uh, decisive win from either side, right? Um, if it's God, Trump, so it's going to be very close. If it's Biden, it's going to be very close. And that's going to be, that's going to be tough, yeah. I hope not. I hope it's not that close. What about, what about the House and Senate? What do you think about that? I mean, I think basically because if this is a wave election, right? And, you know, obviously I'm, I'm predicting and I'm kind of wanting to see a rejection of the left right, the radical left that's taken over the Democrats, then I think the GOP takes both. Now, nah, could be, again, could be dead wrong. Well, I mean, if you're, if you're predicting a landslide by Trump, I mean, that, that goes with that. That's what I'm saying, yeah, yeah. If it's close, then who knows, right? But if it's close, then I think we have way bigger problems, which is why I'm hoping for a landslide one way or the other. So yeah, if Biden wins, and I hope it's a landslide, in which case I hope, I guess I hope to see uh, Democrats widen their lead in Congress. Right. And maybe take over the Senate. Right. But here's the thing, like if that happens and who knows, right? Because there are some policies that your side's proposing that are not acceptable <laughs> to huge chunks of the American people, right? Like court packing and such. It's not acceptable outside of big urban metro areas. So we'll see. All right, man. And we talk politics no, and, like and, an hour. And you, you make a lot of great points and you, you give me pause to kind of think about where my thought process is, right? And, um, and, you know, a lot of that, I think like a lot of people, a lot of this stuff is coming from the gut. That's where I, you know, basically, I guess a lot of these decisions I'm making are coming from. But, um, and I have a lot of friends that may disagree with me on these kind of things, which sure. I, I still want to call them my friends. And I, I, I get it. Yeah. Some of the stuff I don't get, but some yeah. of the stuff I do get. But um, yeah. and I, I think that's what it's to show. Like, you know, here are two guys who love each other. You know, I think you're a great guy. And we can, we can actually talk politics for an hour and not have it devolve into some. Well, yeah. And it, to be fair, it's like, you know, we're both more on not him than the other guy. 
So, I mean, it might have gone a little different if, like, either one of us was, like, really, really Team Trump and Team Biden. But, um, no. Yeah, but here's the thing, man. There is nobody who is Team Biden. There is nobody There are, you do have few people who are like, I love Trump, you know? There's nobody who's like, I love Biden. (laughs) You know, I I have found people. Here's the interesting. I have found people who are, I am pro-Harris. I have found Team Harris people who genuinely like her and want her to be president, right? Right. I have not yet met a single person who's like, I am pro-Biden. I love Joe Biden. I've met a lot of people who are pro-Bernie. They love Bernie. Yeah, no, Jesus. Bernie, right? Absolutely. They yeah. really genuinely like Bernie. Nobody is like, I like Biden. They're all like, Biden is a compromised candidate. He, he could win. He could appeal to all those, you know, yokels and flyover states, right? That's, and I'm going, that's a bad, it's a bad sign. <laughs> well, again, you know, you could say there's a lot in the Republican Party wishes they would have somebody other than, you know, what oh, God, yes. the, tr- the Trump causes too. Oh, God, yes. The best example of that is the vice presidential debate, right? Mike Pence. A lot of, you know, my friends who are more in their GOP is like, why can't that guy be the top of the ticket? <laughs> yeah, uh, so, yeah. I, I would tell you as much as I disagree with a lot of, he's, he, he would say, I don't think I would get as the bombasticness of him than you would. For, I mean, there's no comparison to Trump, right? There's just none. But yeah. There's no comparing anybody to Trump. But that's the thing. I feel like in order for us all to step back, like we're not lemmings. You yeah. Know, we're not yeah. lemmings. We're not robots. Just because Trump, our leader, says something doesn't mean we have to go out. And like, no, you know, we can make our own decisions, right? And, and, and here's, the, here's the other thing, which is great about this country, which I love so much, is that if he gets reelected, he's going to be only there for, I mean, I think he wants to yeah, have four years and then we move on. I mean, that's, yeah. that's the great part about this thing. So yeah. it's not like it'd be the end of our, you know, it is an important election, but I think the country can take another four years. Hopefully there's it, no doubt. There's not, there's going to be somebody else. Hopefully by that time, somebody will have better candidates than the ones we have now. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely certain about it. Right. So sure. Me too. a lot of young but, people that work for me are very civic minded and, I'm inspired by them, Rob. I mean, sure. and, and the way that they think. So I think, uh, you know, maybe we just have to endure. For, for Some of us feel we have to endure. Some of them, like, we can celebrate. But um, it's only going to be four years. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. You know, I agree, I think uh, I tend to be an optimist about these things, which is why the people hating on each other and yelling at each other, and, you know, losing their friendships and stuff makes no sense to me. Like... Those are far more important than some random guy that you have never met. Yeah. Right. Because let's face it, neither of us have ever met Biden or Trump or spent any time with them. I have no fucking idea. And I don't, quite frankly, care. Right. Like, y'all do your jobs and then we'll do ours. So. All right, man. Love you. Always a pleasure. Talk to you later. All right.